all in your mind. All in your mind. All in your mind. All in your mind. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another episode of All in Your Mind. All in Your Mind. As you can tell, that's All in Your Mind. Yeah, well, well, don't give it away yet, Shane. Uh, Like (laughs) I just did. All right. uh, Well, whatever. Uh, In our continuing series of conversations with Shane. Indeed. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a whole backstory. We'll do a a quick up to this point, uh, a a recap. Um, But first, let me introduce uh, my partner on the other end of the glass, or other side of the glass, I should say, uh, Mr. Dwayne Beeman. What's up? And as you might have guessed, that was Scott McCormick. Hi, everybody. I'm I'm surrounded by deep-voiced men. I feel like a piper. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, we have the antidote to deep-voiced vo- men. We have the legendary graphic audio fan, Shane Lowe, with us on the line today. Hello, Shane. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you with my high voice? <laughs> Low of name, high of voice. Well, there's a good reason you have you have a you have a fairly high voice, at least in comparison. Because uh, let's see. Yeah. Well, when we first met Shane two years ago, he told us he was a senior in high school. Then last year, he came clean and told us that he was only a freshman that year. I believe is that that's correct. So this year, we're looking to yep. see if he's a 30-year-old truck driver. Or if there's any other uh, revelations to be made, uh, Shane, uh, will you sign in, please, as uh, as who exactly you are this year? Well, this year I am a 45 year old proud father <laughs> in in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, c- <laughs> congratulations! But tell us the truth. Uh, you're a sophomore, Thank right? You. Congratulations. We're all very proud that you've made that that move towards honesty once again. That's true. By the way, <laughs> I, I have to explain why I'm here and not your your, your close friend, uh, MJ. Um, MJ <laughs> just, just is too close to you, and I've been sent in to sort of be like a heavy hand to sort of keep you under control. You still have ah. the record for the longest podcast, and i got to be Do honest I? with you. Oh, yeah, by a long shot. At least before the editing process kicked in. No, right? even before, the, after the editing process. He, he came in at like an hour 15 the first time he was on the show. Yeah, well, the first time, that's true. I'm just saying, I'm here to make sure that we keep on task <laughs> and that we get the valuable information from Shane and we don't go on any side trips on to who should be on Twitter and who shouldn't be on Twitter because I'm already on Twitter, Shane, and I'd like to confront yeah. you with your last tweet, oh, which okay. is, why were you celebrating the fact that you saw Nickelback a year ago? What kind of tweet is that? Because I like Nickelback, okay? I'm not ashamed. <sighs> That's a bold, bold message. Nickelback. What else? What What other secrets <laughs> are you keeping, Shane? Yes, as, as you can tell, Shane, we're going right on the offensive here, right on the attack. <laughs> I can tell. I'm, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Thanks. Shane. No, we welcome Shane. We, we love Shane. So, Shane, you Thanks, know, friend. usually we have to ask what uh, you know more about you. You can, you know, I think most of our listeners know that you are a big graphic audio fan that in the past uh you uh you've told us that you also have your own uh radio dramas that you've worked on um and you, you also did some radio DJing, dj yeah. um yes. gr- grenade radio so what else are you up to right you now did. 
What, but before you do, what is your handle on Grenade Radio? Do you... um, I'm known as DJ KSC. Okay, there you go. Because I saw that yeah. all over it, and I said, I don't see Shane Lone anywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're Kentucky. You guys look at the website? I, yeah, I did recently. Uh, and listen wow. to some of it. I uh, listened to some of the live stuff, and but you have a lot of shows on the on that uh, on the network there. Yeah, um, there are quite a few. We have all kinds of genres. We have Fridays are actually a really big day for us. From three to ten EST, we have live mixing um, done by three DJs. Um, I have a friend named Jess, but he's a huge graphic audio fan. We both do um, more discussion based shows on the weekends, and then. Um, People like DJs Cloud and Beast do more metal-oriented shows on um, early in the week. You have Ellen here who plays, good God, she plays everything. Um, really eclectic music to something like Bring Me the Horizon, harder metal. We may, have, we, we may have glossed over it, but if our listeners wanted to hear you and your, yeah. and your compatriots, what's the easiest way to get that? And I say, what's um, the easiest way to get that, realizing that most of our listeners are like me and in their 40s? <laughs> That's fair. Um, it's pretty simple. Go to GrenadeRadio.com, click on Listen Live, and there are all kinds of fancy options. Um, while there isn't any live programming, we have automated streams that play. We have five of them. Um, recently, we had a server script kind of run rampage and kill a bunch of data. Mm. So we are in the process of getting our orchestral rock and rap R&B streams back up, but our mainstream and EDM streams are live wow. at the moment. And you, archi- you um, archive shows too, right? Yes, we have those. If you click on the show, if you go um, from the homepage, click on shows, and then click on whichever show you're interested in, there are archives listed. I'm a ninja. I describe all of my shows telling you... Um, pretty much what we talk about, what we do. Um, some of our other DJs are not so diligent in their writings, <laughs> which is tragic. Well, as but. you know, I'm a huge EM fan from way back. Uh, okay, that's a lie. But, <laughs> but I have an appreciation, having, having been stuck at a concert and unable to go home during a crystal meth uh, concert in the early 1990s. <laughs> so... Crystal, crystal, crystal method, I'm sorry, crystal method, not the drug. Sorry. I was going to say. You, 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 I'm sorry, I'm speaking 1990s code. <laughs> like, used, what does a crystal meth concert entail? Well, it was crystal method, the, the, the DJs, who were big electronic music ah. people back in the 1990s, not the drug. Because I think okay. drugs are bad. That's good. I, and I would not encourage I, I, anybody to do drugs. I thought we were turning into a Breaking Dad yeah. episode there right, for a second. Right. So, uh, well, I'll put my pants back on then. All so, right. So when so you discuss graphic audio on Fridays? You said on the on the show. No, um, on my, my show is every Sunday night at six p.m. EST, and at around eight, we uh, we have a segment called the library, and for about an hour to up to two and a half, we'll discuss books. And all the time, we bring up graphic audio. We bring up uh, what we've been reading in graphic audio, um, how graphic audio has gotten us addicted to certain high fantasy authors. Interesting. Some happy days. By the way, I'm I'm, going to chime in right now. Your voice has deepened since last year. I think it has. He's sounding very manly. Well, you know, go ahead. (laughs) 
it's quite pleasant. Also polished. I mean, doing, doing the DJ <laughs> thing for a couple of years, I think it, uh, it, it, it you sound like you're very comfortable with the microphone. Smooth on the microphone. I try. Yeah. 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 I, I don't feel so good compared to you guys. I'm just uh, kind of here. Well, well, we're old. <laughs> we're old. <laughs> you have deeper voices. You sound manlier. Yeah, yeah well... But- <laughs> Uh, that comes with age, son. It comes with uh, a, lot of, a lot of hard living, let's well, be honest. Well, let's talk a little graphic audio anyway. What, what are you listening to, uh, Shane, these days? What's your, what's your current book? Most recently, I've been um, reading Sculptro in the fourth Demon Cycle book with a friend of mine hmm. uh, who got it ages ago, but we've been neglecting to read it uh later on i'll have to tell you some stories about how my life's going at the moment but i haven't had a lot of time to read honestly so i haven't gotten into um much graphic audio lately i need to catch up on the new um surround sound mistborn discs i bought a couple yeah. months ago i need to um i'm really looking forward to alloy of law in may i can't wait for that okay yeah i i don't know much about it but i know that uh, nathaniel's very excited that it's going to be coming out yes yeah and, and stormlight Stormlight in March. That's making me crazy. <laughs> it's making us crazy. Stormlight Archive. <laughs> yeah, My friends are absolutely, they, they can't stop babbling about graphic audio releasing in Stormlight Archive. <laughs> well, this is the year of Brandon Sanderson, it seems, yeah, in graphic absolutely. audio. Yeah. So, yeah, so you got a lot to look forward to. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, Shadows Beneath 2. Right. My friend read that. I haven't read it yet. I want to read it badly, but I'm poor. Yeah, well, um, we understand. All right, are you starting to ask? Here we are. <laughs> we're we're all ready. Right, this we're, is where I'm stopping you. All right. <laughs> yes, I know you're poor. <laughs> and a I'm poor gonna, student. And I'm going to say to you right now, catch up on what you got at Christmas. Yeah. And then we'll we'll, yeah. we'll reanalyze where you're going with your reading cycle. What did you What did you bring in at Christmas time? Three or four of the um, surround sound DVDs in Mistborn. That's pretty much what I'm doing to keep up my um, heavy spending. Then we appreciate I that. Buy, <laughs> yes. How, how I could are you, buy uh, a bunch of downloads, but Mistborn and Surround Sound have had me hooked since I started buying it two years ago. So um, I'm slowly purchasing the whole set. Okay. Are you um, buying the uh, discs or are you buying the flax? The discs. The discs. Okay. How, how has that I, experience been so far? How are you liking the um, audio? It's amazing. Um, I really really enjoy the sound design because you can get I, I don't as as a rule I don't tend to stay up late on school nights because I, I hear people complaining about how miserable they are and I get tired of it <laughs> um, but on a, a fine Tuesday evening about this time last year I stayed up until three or four in the morning reading Miss Ford and Surround Sound so mm. you've done well Oh, that's Nathaniel. Excellent. Nathaniel is is well. Is, we we appear. I'll, I'll take credit for it. Yeah. I, hey, I, <laughs> I have I have major roles in that. I'm book. not saying we all don't have <laughs> things to do in those books. I'm just saying Nathaniel's doing an incredible job putting it together. Well, yes, he, and the acting is superior. Yeah. And 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 Nathaniel is our surround man. He he has perfected uh, the surround uh, sound design. He did. Um, both Cemetery Girls and Surround, and we just did uh, both Ms. Marvels huh? and Surround. Um, and Ooh, Spider-Man, Brown, and Thunder. 
Yeah. Spider Man. Now, Spider Man Drowned in Thunder, uh, Patrick Stratton did this around on that. Oh, that's right. And it was, um, it was our first uh, attempt at surround. Uh, I've memories. That's correct, right, Dwayne? Yeah, that was the first one. So we did, we did, we kind of went a little uh, far in places with. Um, the spatial uh, jumping around. At one point in the in 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 the uh, there's an opening sequence in the Spider-Man book where where he's chasing down bad guys in a car, and he literally is bouncing from rooftop to rooftop. And we went it and and I said, Patrick, let's just do this. And so we literally, you can hear him bounce from five to six to seven different cars as uh, throughout the scene, and you can hear him moving around you in the scene. Most of the time, we go with a lot of atmospherics that, that, that you know, where you get the, the feeling of the ambience around the room and with, with certain directed, you know, panning of, of, of the foley or the footsteps or, or where the placement of characters in the room. But generally speaking, we, we try, uh, Nathaniel has refined it, where, where you kind of keep the characters in front of you and mm. your field of vision, as it were, your, your front speakers, and he'll pan left to right. right. And he will occasionally make entrances from the rear or exits to the rear. And you get ambience from the rear as and well. And you get, oh, for sure. Yeah. That, that gives you your, if you get the sweet spot, which I'm sure that, I'm sure that Shane does, he knows where to find it, um, you, <laughs> you, get, you really feel like you're in the center of things. It is an amazing effect. Um, and I'm really gratified that you're enjoying it, Shane, because uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's, not a, it's not for everybody because not everybody has that kind of a sound setup. So you said I, um, I need to buy I need to buy the Spider Man book then at the end of the year because that sounds really fun. It is. It's Bouncing a lot of fun. Cars. <laughs> we, we did a lot of experimenting. We got a little overly ambitious at times with placement of characters. So we 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 did things in there you probably won't hear again <laughs> because they were so <laughs> they were so time consuming to produce. Um, but uh, the stuff that I've heard with uh, Nathaniel and we did a lot of really. Um, cool surround stuff in the Ms. Marvel books, too. Um, uh, hmm. So I can definitely attest to those, and I've heard enough of Mistborn to know exactly what you're talking about. The atmospherics of that are, are, are terrific. I like who you play in Mistborn. Yes. I, uh, he is a fun character. Do you, do you know who I'm talking about? I do. Well, I know, well, for most of the, the, the book, he's a dog. Um, Yes. Yeah, and yeah, I I had fun with that character. Well, Brandon Sanderson's dialogue <laughs> is is great. It's it it, it, it it. Scott will tell you when you get a script. A lot of the times, some and and you haven't read the entire book. It's sometimes it's hard to get a handle on the context of the dialogue. To motivate it. Yeah. To motivate to know what what you're saying, what what the relationships are with other characters. But there's something inherent in, in Sanderson's dialogue that I get a wealth of information just from how things are worded, and I feel like I get a good handle on how the scene should be played, even if I don't have a lot of story context. And I think that the one thing that I've noticed with a lot of the Sanderson stuff is that the relationships, because, I mean, you're going across books and books and books, Yeah, you know, that, that he reestablishes those relationships right from the go. There have been characters I haven't talked to in two or three books, right. and then I'm, and I come back into the scene, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I remember when that happened, and yeah. we're doing these months apart from each other. That's true. If, if a scene sticks with you and you can recall having done it within the past half a year, that's that's a good sign. <laughs> you were going to say there's something about your, something's gone on in your life that's made you too busy for graphic 
audio, which I can't imagine. Oh. But are you okay? What's going on? Yeah. Is yeah, it... that, that's astounding. Um, I'm fine, yeah. I'm really busy. You know, I'm in school. Right. Got a lot of homework. I'm also working two jobs, one of which is writing a book. Really? With a group of people. Yep, wow. I'm writing. I'm working with the Louisville Story Program here. Hmm. Um, and we're writing an anthology of stories from students at the school where I go to. Wow. So essentially an anthology of stories from blind people. So, you, uh, so you're writing short stories then? Um, you could call it that, I suppose. What uh, have you, I mean, are they complete? Are you, con- are you collaborating on stories or are you each contributing your own story? We're each contributing our own. We each have a chapter, and uh, each chapter is uh, probably going to end up being between 20 and 30 pages. And are they interconnected? Are they all part of the same story, or are they, are they really an anthology where each is a standalone? It, it's an anthology. Each one is, is pretty standalone. There will be some things in common. Um, a lot of us go to the same school. One of the, the authors that we're working with is in college, but most of us go to the same school. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll have some interconnected parts um, sharing that. But wow. otherwise, there isn't going to be a lot. It kind of branches out. A lot of us live in different cities or different counties around the state. Um, I think one or two of our authors live in Indiana, even southern Indiana. So um, there isn't much else in common besides the school and blindness. It's means a lot of running into things. I mean, are you all exploring different genres, or have you picked themes and then are exploring those, or how? how they're, they're nonfiction. They're nonfiction. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's a broad uh, that's a broad genre. Um, yes. In your writing, do you uh, hearing the spoken word as uh, a method of telling the story? Do you find that that informs your writing as opposed to? Because we encounter writers all the time who don't give a, a a second thought to how the words read when spoken aloud. I imagine that's not an issue for you, or or that's something that you take into account when you try to write. Um, I almost have to because um, I write on my laptop, and then when I'm editing and when I'm reading back through things, it's it's being read aloud to me right. um, by my screen reader. And so, if it doesn't sound good that way, spoken aloud, then of course I have to edit it. Of course, it doesn't seem right to me. Something, um, something that I've I've thought about for our blind listeners because you know I, I'm I'm both fascinated and also very honored that so many people get to consume our product, and that for some people we are people's gateway into some of the genres that don't necessarily yep. you know make it into braille or, or you know. Um, that the one thing some people will complain that say in a comic book adaptation we'll spend too much time talking about the 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 colors of the costumes or 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 things that visual people tend to say I know what Superman's costume looks right. like or I know what 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 Firestorm looks like but then I saw a comment from one of our blind listeners it's like they like the fact that we keep those details in because for them right. that creates that creates a, a, a I don't want to say visionscape but it creates the world in a more complete way than just hearing a deep voice do Superman's lines as a writer right. are you, I mean and and this is this is not coming from a place of ignorance, but a place of fascination. Do you find yourself spending a lot of time writing descriptions, or do you focus on on uh, on dialogue more? I describe very heavily. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I will write. I write dialogue where it fits, um, but I will describe a lot, and I have a lot of exposition in my pieces. 
Now, when you listen to a graphic audio book and, and, and the flow of the action or the dialogue is interrupted by an extended narrative pa- passage where it either gives us information or whatever that, it, that interrupts the flow of the conversation, does that frustrate you or do you have any problems with that? Um, to me, that depends on how it's written. If it's yeah. written well, you know, there are um, one of the one of my all-time favorite series that Graphic Audio has ever done ever is uh, the Demon Wars Saga by mm. Salvatore. Yeah, and he would he would do that a lot. In that, um, not only would his fight scenes be incredibly descriptive, yes. um, but sometimes you would switch perspectives to a more informative point of view, or you would just kind of. Uh, for lack of a better analogy, chopper out of that scene and look <laughs> at it at a whole or as a whole, and that was written very well, and that didn't bother me at all. I I enjoyed that because I I felt like it added a lot more to my perception of what was happening in that world that I wasn't actually in, to the point where I I could really get lost in that book because a it was so long and I love long reads, and mm. b I really got an image of the entire scene as it was happening. And the sounds reflected that. Uh, it's interesting. When we're adapting, because both Rick and I ad- adapt the books as well as, as, as direct them, there are, are, are tools that we use, and one of those is we call a COP or a change of perspective. Right. And it is, it is less used than other tools in our toolbox. But when we use it, it's actually one of the most gratifying things to do is to change the perspective and to be able to pull out or switch sides and, and change just by just – by, it's almost like if you were watching a wide shot in a movie, having the camera pull back like you're saying. It's thinking cinematically and, and actually choppering out is an excellent metaphor, although nowadays it would be more like of a drone shot, I would think. But, but still, <laughs> the, the idea of, of giving you an overview of the, of the action or a person's perspective, like, like as uh, Scott was alluding to, um, is something for us to keep in mind. When I adapt a script, I, I frequently remind the engineer okay, we're seeing the scene now from this person's perspective, so we need to give the listener auditory cues that tells us that we're doing that. Or even if it's, even sometimes, if it's a line of narration that says, you know, something that gives us the listener the cue that, okay, we are with this character now. Um, an example that I came across today, um, Sir Apropos of Nothing, book two, Mm-hmm. ends with them standing outside of a burning city and having an exchange. Mm-hmm. And then book three picks up in exactly the same spot with the exact same lines of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I said to I said to Justin, I said, Justin, if there's a way you can shift the sound around so that it's almost reversed, so it's almost like we're looking at it from a, yep. a different camera angle, yep. Yep. I won't mind the fact that we're repeating that scene no, sometimes you between have to. the two books. Sometimes you have to to give yourself that 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 perspective. Okay, is this is this is happening while that was happening? But almost, and also because our friends, you included Shane, will be listening to these books back to back, and so you are knowing when when that kind of a cheat's happening. So I need to give him some sort of a, of a benefit as a listener, so that he doesn't feel like we're just recycling the same dialogue, which I am. But don't tell anyone. <laughs> No shame. <laughs> no, I love and, and 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 the challenge in some of these, some of the direct from graphic novel to audio projects involve doing this very thing 
with just audio of changing the perspective in the scene by by without narration to right. tell you um and when that works to me it's really gratifying uh i you know i love being able to tell a story in sound without narration without words being able to you know get those moments where where you where the narrator can get out of the way and you can you can figure things out for yourself i found with um with the graphic uh, novel stuff, you you kind of have to give the listener more time to do it right. most of the time, unless it's like a really rapid jarring. Uh, the, the the difference is so extreme that you get it instantly that we wish we're somewhere else, and sometimes it is literally a whoosh that does that. But but by and large, you you do need to make those transitions at a slower pace in those more audio drama like um, of presentations because you don't have the narration to tell you, okay, we're here now, you know? So, I mean, his writing... I, I think in some cases... Sorry, go on. No, 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 please, no. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that I think in some cases, the um, the books that are more like an audio drama are almost more immersive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that the ones with narration are not as immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, that That depends on the author, I think. Yeah. But... If, if you don't have a narrator reminding you you're reading a book, it's yeah. easier for some people, I think, to totally lose themselves in what's happening. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. As long as the trick is not to confuse the listener, not to... Right. Uh, I mean, and sometimes that's inevitable. And all, some of that also depends on your listening environment. Um, hello? Come here. Hello? <laughs> Hi. No, Shane can't talk right now. MJ, I told you to no. don't call him at this number. Yeah. You want to get that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't need them. <laughs> Shane's a busy man. Buy, sell, buy, sell. <laughs> so what's your other job? Yeah. Um, my other, I'm a receptionist. Oh, wow. And, okay, it's it's... This is ironically... Um, and my second job is when I get to read the most <laughs> because I am a receptionist at the school for the blind. And to be honest, no one calls the Kentucky school for the blind. So <laughs> I read no one rarely. It's very rare. Um, this whole week I have not answered a single call. Really? Not even yeah. somebody, you know, calling in that they're, you know, their their child is going to be absent that day or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I do it in the afternoon. So everything's uh, done. Oh, everything's handled. I start. I started around three thirty, so everything's pretty much happened. So you're, of course, that would be your after school job. That would make sense, right? I'll, I'll be honest, Shane. One of my first jobs out of well, a job I had when I got out of college was I was a receptionist for the Washington Post, hmm. and I got a lot of writing done then <laughs> because because. There's very everything's email. Why do you need to call anyone anymore? Yeah, there's that. There was the one best call I got. This is this is a, a short one. I'll keep it short. So um, this was the phone number where people called for the board for of uh, the Washington Post, the people who run the company. And the person called and said, one day, um, I would like to know what the ingredients are on a hamburger in paradise. 
and I said, I'm, I'm sorry. They said, well, it is my understanding that Mr. Buffett is on your your board of directors, and uh, his song has a hamburger in paradise. It's actually a cheeseburger. Cheeseburger in paradise. And I said, uh, yes, I understand. That's Jimmy Buffett. It's Warren Buffett who's on our board of directors. <laughs> But just in case you're wondering, wondering it's uh, I Like Mine with Lettuce and Tomato, Heinz 57, and French Fried Potato. We'll all make a note of okay. that. Yes. So. Yeah. But reception. I'll keep that in mind. Well, Shane, go ahead. I mean, I, 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 in the past, it's been dangerous to do this, but I, 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 think, I think you're a more uh-huh. mature lad now. But go ahead and do you have any questions for us or anything that we can answer that you wonder about? And Let me. I, I have. Um, I've, I've advertised this for... In a couple of months, oh. I've gotten questions from listeners again. Okay, so right. that's good. Let's see. This one should be harmless. Um, <laughs> what kind of music do you guys like to listen to? Oh. Show tunes. All show <laughs> tunes. Yes. Yeah. Hamilton. If you've not listened to Hamilton, you should be listening to Hamilton soundtrack. But that being said... I recommended. I think we listen to everything. I really do. I mean, I like listening. I like listening to cinematic scores. I like listening to the right kind of classic rock. I will listen to what I've liked to do lately is Amazon Prime has these pre-made playlists, and uh-huh. and they give me a nice variety of artists that I that I never heard, but they're kind of like artists that I like. Um, Interesting. I, I really got an earworm with um, with Walk the Moon's uh, "Shut Up and Dance" song for a while. <laughs> I was I was before it before it became big. I actually I actually saw the video. I think when it first appeared on YouTube, I think or one or Vimeo or one of those, and I was like, "Man, that song is catchy." Um, but you know, so but it's been done to death by now. Nobody listens to Nickelback though. <laughs> That's not true. It's not true. It's not true. That that arena was sold out last year. But I, you know, I was surprised. I will be honest with you. I was entirely surprised. <laughs> the only reason there was there, there was initially one reason I wanted to go see Nickelback, and that was because um, when I was nine, I was in a really big Nickelback phase after um, one of their more popular albums came out, and I was going to go see them up in Lexington here. And my father got really mad at me because I didn't clean my room because I was watching, like, the Kids' Choice Awards or some nonsense, and he grounded me, and he wouldn't let me go to the concert. Wow. So I was like, I missed out on this childhood experience. I would to go see Nickelback, and it was actually a lot better than I expected it to be. What, so, what, are, what are um, Shameless some... plug for an old punk band. What are some <laughs> of their hits? Um, Far Away, Animals, Rockstar, uh, Photograph. Hmm. Those, are all, those are all words. That's true. I know. The, the problem is, yeah. is I, I, ne- I even songs that I've known for years, I don't necessarily know what their titles are. Here's the thing. We'll go on Amazon Prime. I'm sure all of Nickelback is on Amazon Prime. I, I'm sure that... I'm that's sure a that's plug for Amazon problem. Prime. Yeah. Sorry. You know, actually, at, around, around Christmas time, we started to get into the pentatonics. Um, they're pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, I kind of like that. Doesn't strike. I, I never thought of you guys as listening to the Pentatonics. Well, I try to stay, you know, open to <laughs> modern things. I, I have to say, you know, there's very little uh, hip hop that I really enjoy. Occasionally, there'll be something that that I'll catch myself going, "That's pretty cool." Um, I I like classic R and B, which I know is one of Dwayne's uh, fortes. 
Dwayne should um, Dwayne should really participate in this part of the conversation. Probably should. Yeah, I, I was wanting to know what Dwayne likes. Dwayne is the only one who actually has DJ experience beside yourself in this conversation. <laughs> you, he has the voice for it. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Where did, where did he go? He's there here. He's here. He just yeah. just had to wake him up. It's so late. It's late on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> just slap him around a little bit. Dwayne, tell yeah. him what you listen to. Uh, I. Yeah, I listen to a lot of um, classic soul, a um, lot of uh, 60s, R&B, Motown, Stax, Muscle Shoals, yeah. stuff. And then 70s, I listen to a lot of the Philly soul stuff, uh, funk music. Okay. What kind um, of music? Funk. Oh, thank funk you. Funk music. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... I have, um, I have an image. Sorry, go on. No, I was just... <laughs> Um. Yeah. Pretty much. Um. A lot of the. Uh. A lot of fusion. Uh. Jazz fusion. Um. I was really. Um. Heavy into that. And. Um, okay. Go go. Uh, yeah. When I was a teenager, I that was my that was the soundtrack of my youth. Uh. Go go music. <laughs> um. A lot of blue eye soul, like you know, um, Hall and Oates and. Doobie Brothers. They've been watching okay. you. Yeah, uh, Steely Dan, stuff like that. There, There's an entire genre that I was unaware of until very recently, and it's only because some uh, a, a local sports DJ uses it as a, as a theme for one of the, his days of the week, is the, the genre called Yacht Rock. Do people know that? Is, I've uh, never heard of that. Me neither. If I had to guess, that, I would say a lot of Kenny Loggins. What? Yeah, I think that's in there. It's uh, I had to look it up because I wasn't even sure. You know, I he kept they kept saying it's Yacht Rock Thursday or whatever, and I didn't I I wasn't sure if if it was Yacht Y A C H T Yacht or some other you know, but it was it's Y A C H T Yacht. I actually looked it up on the internet, and it has to do with that really over um, kind of overly produced. Uh, rock of the late seventies and early eighties, yeah, bordering Kenny, into the hairband kind yeah. of thing. Kenny, Kenny Loggins, yeah, yeah, Christopher Cross, and all yeah, that Steely Dan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, one of the, I think it's like guilty pleasure music. Yeah. Um, Van Halen, oh, so good. I like they might be giants. Check that out. And it, and as far as film composers, I love Thomas Newman. I mean, the music of Thomas Newman is, is something I really get into. Enzio Morricone, yeah. That's classic. Yeah, I don't really have a Isaac Hayes <laughs> <laughs> Academy Award winner. Right, yeah. Never forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, thanks to graphic audio, I now have. Um, I started an orchestral music collection. Cool. Oh, um, all kinds of stuff now. Excellent. So thank you for getting me into epic orchestral. Our pleasure. So, uh, question Let's number. T- next question. Can't ask that question. Okay. Um, here's one I think should be harmless. Are there any ways that your fans can contribute to graphic audio production, such as voice acting from home or doing any sort of next line? Oh, assisting in some way with post-production. Um, mm, the short answer to that is no. Um, well, I figured. Yeah, we we're so we're pretty hands-on and self-contained. We need you know for a variety of reasons, including legal ones. We need to keep everything right. uh, on site. Uh, on site. Um, so so the best thing graphic audio fans can do for us is to spread the word right now. And here's another thing that I don't think people do enough of. 
reviews on our website. That's a good point. Very good point. And if you want to talk about what you can do as far as post goes, then it may not inform the project you're listening to. But if we find out that there's something that's going on, getting that kind of feedback will impact how we proceed and do things in the future. So if people take the opportunity to leave feedback on the website or email us if they don't want to necessarily put it on the on the on the website as a permanent record, just you know, giving us those heads up about things that are going on is a way arguably that you can help us with our post-production and give us feedback on what you like and what you don't like, you know? I mean... And and being the, that, you know, that you and your friends are, are of limited means, posting reviews on the website earns you bonus points, which will eventually uh, diminish the price of, you know, you get... You, you yep. will get dollars off of your purchases, and so there's a... There, three cents per review, guys. <laughs> is that how much it is? I am... Um, well, we uh, yeah, I think it's three points. I've written a few, actually. I, um, oh, okay, good. A couple of years ago when I created my account, I, I wrote a few reviews and then I forgot to, to write more of them, so I should get back on that. Well, yeah. there are also are, are double point days, I think, that come up every now and then. So right. maybe you write your review, wait for the <clears throat> double point days, and really put it to there us. There you go. Definitely, yeah, when, you listen you to, um, when you listen to the Mistborn, uh, when you get through Mistborn, just to give some feedback <laughs> on um, the surround experience, that would be Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Is there, or have you guys ever thought about creating a book request page on your website? I don't remember the answer to this one, so I've got to forward it to my friends at Graphic Audio. Um, a lot of people leave their suggestions on our Facebook page. That's yeah, that's good. Um, as far as putting anything on the website, not anything that's particularly devoted to that. Um, we're really good about answering our Facebook messages. Um, there's like, I think they show you on Facebook how quick a company is at turnaround, and we're less than a week, which is which is pretty darn good considering we've only got two people answering those emails. We yeah. read everything. So if they want to make a suggestion, um, just message us on 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 Facebook. Also, the GA Nation blog we should mention, which is oh, yeah. kind of which is kind of gone fallow for a while. Um, that's for fans too. Um, I mean, we will re- we will. You know, and there's uh, editorial control. There's editorial but. control. Of course, you can't just say anything. Although some of the responses to some of our blogs have been like uh, interesting. Um, I believe <laughs> we like to read those on the library. A, yeah, a poop crazy might be a good word for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's a that's a great way to contribute actually and participate in the in the graphic audio experience. Shane, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I have a conversation with Colleen Delaney, and it goes like this. I love the fact that we have a lot of our listeners answer the GA Nation poll and we send out the email, but do they all have to be middle-aged white men in trucks? (laughs) And I love all the middle-aged white men in trucks who answer our questions, but I have to believe there are more people out there with different genders and skin tones and and lifestyles who ha- who would who would feature very prominently of and all ages and we will send you a bumper sticker that you a bumper magnet that you can put on your car or or locker. So oh, that I haven't I haven't seen that post. I need to get me a, a car magnet. Do you get our emails? On a regular basis, I do. our newsletter. I, do. I, I, I get them every day. So every yeah every su- every Sunday we have our featured listener of the week, and anybody can participate oh, in that. So that's I sent one in. I sent one in forever ago, and it was never um, posted. So well, I just assumed it was in a really long queue, and I didn't want to put another one up. Well, Shane, I will I will shake that tree. Yeah. <laughs> For you, I will shake that tree. <laughs>
All right. So those are some good ways people can participate. Um, yeah, because I think that the, the, the truth is we've got, I mean, like you, I mean, we've got people of all, you know, all types and places. I mean, we had last week our podcast with the with the English listener who, who apparently is into things blowing up on his commute to work. Oh, well, and, and among other things. But, yeah, he was, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to that podcast yet, but um, he was uh, a terrific fan. He, um, he, uh and he's British, <laughs> which, uh, which and he didn't judge our accents exactly. In fact, he he, he judged our accents well, which uh, which was was very gratifying. Um, Where was he from? Did he say? Hampton? Was it Hampton? Yes, that yes, sounds South right. Hampton, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, he was great. He reminded me of Simon R. Green uh, for some reason because uh, Simon's from that part of the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It just yeah. the, 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 the the timbre and the regionalism reminded me of interviews we had with Simon. Um, Next question. <laughs> Next question. Let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll ask it. I don't think it's harmful. Um, who is Evan <laughs> Casey in relation to MJ Casey? Uh, He's no relation. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we are, we, it's really bizarre. We have, we have. It, it, there's a there is a Casey theme running through everything, and only a a, a few of them are related. Um, yeah. uh, only two of them. Are only related. two of them are related. And then Evan Casey's related to a whole other person. There's yeah. Okay, yeah. so you know MJ's oh. married to Colleen, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I shock you all. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Evan Casey. How does that make you? I, I, I know what's going on. We I, live for it. I, okay. I don't think I don't stalk you. All right. Um, and then right. Evan Casey is married to Tracy Oliveira, who's also a voice actor here at Graphic Audio. Oh. Then there's Ren Casey, not who's not related to anybody. Right. And then we just hired a new sound engineer. Her name's Casey. Um, we have Casey Platt. Casey Platt, yeah. who's not related to anybody. We have, we have, we've been trying to think, because there's a, what's the other name? That, that well, there's um, a, a recurring name? Yeah, there's a, what's the other one? Well, we got a lot of Christophers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and our in-house, in-house um, graphic audio band is... KC and the Sunshine. <laughs> That's good. So Evan Casey is a man in his 30s. He is the father of a beautiful baby named Oscar. Yeah. And uh, he is a Oscar, talented, Oscar, talented Oscar. musical theater performer who works in D.C. a lot. Um, nice. He's Johnny Storm. That's a, uh, yes, he Among is. other things. So. That reminds me. You, you say you listen to show tunes. So what are, what are some of your favorite musicals besides Hamilton? Um, I haven't... Well, I mean, obviously, I'm a big Sondheim guy. Who isn't? Um, I'm so uh -huh. out of touch. But, I mean, right now, my wife and I, we went up to New York. I have to mention my wife because that will clarify that you know, I'm a heterosexual musical yes. fan. Yes. Um, we went up and saw Hamilton. I know I'm judgmental. There aren't any of those. Um, <laughs> um, we went up and saw Hamilton, which was um, uh, all of our Christmas money thrown into one big sock, and it was completely worth it. It was incredible. We saw Fun Home. Which is also just one of those transformative musicals that that won the Tony last year for best new musical. It's about a, a yep. cartoonist who um, comes out and her father commits suicide because he comes out at the same time she does, and she has this sort of look back at everything that went wrong when that happened. It was, mm. I mean, I was in tears. I can't. That's another one that's too popular right now to come to the poor state of Kentucky. Well, the, it's going to be yeah, on Broadway for another year. Hamilton, I got some inside information, is going to go on, start its tour this year. 
So I know that it's impossible <laughs> to get tickets to it on Broadway until like 2017 right now. But they're going to start a touring company out of San Francisco. And then I think there's some other talk about another touring company on the East Coast. So that's going to be within right. this year. So fingers crossed on that one. And then just in general, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I uh, when I grew up, you know, my parents raised me on all the popular music, and so mm-hmm. it was a lot of Broadway shows. But Stephen Sondheim is 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 pretty much my go-to. Um, Sweeney Todd is my absolute favorite. Yeah, I saw Sweeney Todd in previews, the original production. Wow! I had no idea. All I knew wow. was the new Sondheim show, and I and a friend and I went up for the day to New York, and we got tickets and. And we sat down, and and at the end of the night, our hair was standing on end. We had, it was, it was, it was. T- we were totally unprepared for what it was. There was nothing like it ever. It, yeah, it was amazing. It, it is his masterpiece, I think. Um, it it will stand the test of time, uh, and and has. All you have to do is see all the different. Everybody has a remounted production of it, and, and it's in, in in different forms, intimate versions, and. Uh, Nan was in a production at the Kennedy Center. Nanette Savard uh, was in the the ensemble of uh, a production that was with uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell and Mitchell and Christine Baranski. Yeah, it was it was a very strong production. Uh, in fact, there's if you look on YouTube, there there are clips from it that are available. Uh, so I'll go look at that. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Like you, you're sing. If you well, she sung on some of our books, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I was just thinking. I'm trying to remember if I've read any books where she sang. Nan has sung uh, a lot. Um, the music is an important part of our. Uh, we did a podcast that has some of her singing. She did. Um, I like Terrence's singing in Demon Cycle. Yeah, she was a singing sticky. Uh, Terrence, yeah, Terrence, singing. Terrence sings. Yeah. Oh, we do a lot of singing around here. All right. Well, <laughs> I hate to wrap this up, but let's give him one more. Pick, one more pick question. A, pick a good question. One more. One more. Let's see. All right. Which graphic audio titles would you recommend for people that are just getting into listening to audiobooks in general or people who are just starting to listen to dramatized productions? Hmm. We all have our favorite children. So essentially, children. what are your favorites? Yeah, we all have our favorite children. Yeah. If, um, uh, go ahead, Scott. All right. If I, I'd have to know what their taste was in terms of what my personal. I go back to again and again and say this is something that 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 I'm extremely proud of. Um, the the Ghostfinder series, which is wrapping up with with number six this month, is is pretty much my favorite series that I've worked on. Just because my character is is one of my favorites, and in terms of being a good story and a good use of atmosphere, it's something that really pushes beyond just a regular audiobook. Because it's about ghosts and because it's about monsters, we really got to push it to 10 when it came to the atmospherics on that one. Yeah. So I'm going to say that for my personal books. But as far as like our books in general, um, uh, the, the ones that, that I remember even listening to before I came to Graphic Audio as a full-time employee, Forest Kingdom Saga, but Rick's early stuff with with DC I still think holds up and the Marvel titles while they're exceptional what what we were able to do as actors and 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 Rick was able to do with the Batman stuff those Batman books are just 
above par on every level, especially yeah. No Man's Land. Yeah. That two-parter is just, I mean, it shows how good graphic audio can be, and it also shows how we can take a, a, a comic book concept and bring it into to our medium in a way which which makes it different from any other kind of, of medium. And in and and if you're looking for a small dose, uh, you know, uh, something that won't overwhelm somebody and isn't particularly in in one of the the wilder fantastical arenas, um, I really I think the the Cemetery Girl uh, titles are very accessible. They're short. Um, uh, they 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 may not give a listener uh, a feel for what a typical long length graphic audio book might be because there really isn't that much narration in it but as far as sucking you in in a in a in a calmer way a lot of times people get scared away by the big flash bang of our books you know that they're that they are a sensory overwhelmed type of experience um uh-huh. and and i kind of think that the cemetery girls can sneak up on you if if, if somebody is going to be overwhelmed by by um uh, you know, loud explosions and noises and whooshes and and things like that. Uh, it's very naturalistic, um, and uh, so so I, I might recommend those. Also, it's short. You're you're you know you're not you're you're not invested for the long haul unless you want to be. Um, so there's two of those right. out now. Um, if you want it, if they if somebody want if somebody was a teenager and just wanted to have a real a lot of fun, the Ms. Marvel books are are, are a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed those, and they're and I think they're really accessible to the modern teenager. Um, and uh, but they're not strictly young adult uh, books. They're they're good for. That's books. another I need to read. Yeah, I think you get a big kick out of those. Um, they're also fresh. I want to read Deadpool. Dead- I, the trailer for Deadpool was hysterical. Thank you. Thank you. Deadpool. It, Deadpool is very much like the movie. Uh, it's 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 filled. <laughs> it's filled. It's a little bit a little bit more family. Well, I would never say it was family friendly, but it's a little well, compared to the movie. It is compared to the movie. It is. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I will say this: the one thing that I love about about Deadpool more than I think other books is. I took the opportunity to make that a graphic audio book and not just a book book. Right, you adapted it for our, for the audio, yeah. So any of the jokes that he was making about the fact that it was a, a book, I turned into graphic audio jokes. So that <laughs> so that if he's like he's got that what's an audio book? Oh, do they still make these things? You know, I'm taking the opportunity, and I even worked in a joke about people who who steal our books. So and and actually, one person <laughs> even made a comment about how guilty they felt, and they actually bought one. Um, I was, there's one series that wow. Terrence directed. The for the cowboy titles, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Elmer Kelton's Texas Rangers. Yeah, that one, as far as our westerns go, I think is one of the best written, best acted, and best narrated uh, one of those sets of westerns. And there's like, I think ten of them, and they all go over the course of like twenty years. Um, and so, <laughs> if somebody's into westerns, I would definitely start with the Texas Rangers. I should also mention, and and because for some reason it just uh, completely went out of my mind, was um, our first original book that 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 my son and his wife wrote, uh, Plain Gods. As far as being written specifically for graphic audio, you're not going to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 really lean on the narrative, but it's got plenty of length. If you like a long book, uh, it's ten hours long. Um, yeah, it's, it's loaded with action. I will say, I mean, uh, 
it's not for kids. It's there's there's a lot of violence and there are several sex scenes in it. But you seem like a mature young lad. Um, or you will be after that. <laughs> <laughs> but it really. Thank you very much. But Chris really wrote it for audio. So so there's not. There isn't a lot of description. There is there is some. There's enough description so you can picture things. But he but he didn't go into a lot of floor detail, especially about things that you will be able to envision because of the sound design. And the sound design is gorgeous and detailed, and it's a really unique story. It has elements of a lot of different things, but it's got a fresh perspective. It's also based on video games, which uh, that's a ah. very, very loosely based on uh, certain tropes and things of video games. You may not even get that it's based on video games if you listen to it, but but there are elements of it that you might recognize if you are. So I should recommend that's that. That's another one. I want to, I want to plug some other people's stuff. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. Vada's War, that's uh, that's a series that was very popular and continues to be popular. The Goblin Trilogy, the Goblin Nans. Trilogy, those are all Nan's books. Um, I got to tell you, Eileen Wilkes's World of Lupi that Colleen does is is a lot of fantasy lot of fun that. and and. Uh, um, uh, to plug another one of my like like uh, you like long books, go for Golgotha. Um, yeah, yeah, that that was the longest book we ever published. I think That's a wild at, premise it, too. It's it, a yeah. bizarro western. It comes in at about twelve and a half hours on eight discs. Wow! So and then we're gonna. Have, that, that's the longest book you've ever done. It's the longest one publishing one book. So it's not split into three. It's one continuous book that oh. goes over eight discs. Oh, okay. Um, the next one, the next book in the series, which is going to be done this summer, um, we actually had to split into two because we just couldn't do it. But yeah, no, I took uh, I took one hundred thirty thousand words, and I only was able to cut out enough that I basically we were squeezing down to the last inch on a on a CD in order to get that book together. And each CD runs nice. about an hour and fourteen minutes, and we were at an hour and fourteen, hour and fifteen on every one of those discs. Yes, yeah, so that's great. I mean, just as a general recommendation, I mean, it really does depend on the taste of the of the person you're you're dealing with, um, you know. Uh, but but that gives you that gives you a nice little sampler to, to pick from. Real I mean, quick, do you have? Do you um, I'm going back because you you guys kept going and going. I have to go back and address a couple things just because I've um, I've looked into so much. You know, I listened to the trailer for Playing God, that I, I really. I'm, I'm interested in that one, especially because you brought David Coyne back, and that made me a yeah. happy child. Yeah, he's yeah. the star of that one. Yes, we miss um, him wherever he is. He's in California, right? Yeah. I also wanted wherever to make the comment that I really like the books that you direct, Scott. Thank um, you. I really like what you do with... Um, I think the only thing... I've read some of the Marvel books you've directed. Guardians of the Galaxy was another hysterical one. Yep. Thank you. I got I lucky with that, that one. Um, a lot of it has to do with uh, my partner in crime, Justin, as well. Justin Wirtz and I have been doing these books yeah. together now for the two years, and been, you know, we we get to learn something new every time, and then we get better and better, and that's what makes me happy that we we've got that relationship it's going. A good team. So, um, that's great. No, and then, yeah, go on. What? I'm sorry. Um, what? Uh, just just out of what I've read, um, two more two more genres that I have to ask about because these are, are really popular on the library and um, in general among my friends. What do you think are the best out of the the epic fantasies you've done? The the Brandon Sanderson's Brent Weeks, R. A. Salvatore type books, and what are the best um, sci fi productions? Do you think? I love. So light- what was the start with? 
I love the Lightbringer what? series. I love Brent Weeks. I love yeah, the Lightbringer series. I love that. Yeah, uh, my that's probably my favorite fantasy that I know about. The thing is, we don't get to listen to everybody's stuff, so so we get an overview of of a lot of what other people are doing, but but we're somewhat biased with what you know toward what we've worked on. I mean, things in the past. I loved Elantris when it was coming around. Yeah, um, that was a great fantasy series. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, I mean. I think Miss Miss me the Miss interject. Yeah, go on. Oh, and th- this kind of goes along with what you're saying. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I am um, I'm very well. Okay, no one would know this, but I'm very interested in um, Brandon Sanderson. I love a lot of his works. I've read what Graphic Audio has done, and I've read um, a lot of his other books and text. And there is um, the universe that Mistborn is set in is called the Cosmere. And so, for for anyone who has read the Mistborn series and enjoys it. You will also want to pick up Stormlight Archives, Elantris, yes. and Warbreaker because those are all related. Um, those are all in the same mis- or, sorry in the same universe as Mistborn. They're all in the Cosmere. And and our directors are very much aware of that because they themselves are big, big, huge fans. And you talk about yes. you know he, he, Nathaniel's reading ahead, Johan's reading ahead. The, these guys, these guys know, and they're very aware and. You know, sometimes we can paint ourselves into a corner because we don't know what's coming down the pike with some of yep. these books. But um, the the when you're in the luxury spot of having read read ahead, you can make sure that those big reveals and things that are going to pay off down the road are, are are there. Like with Rose right now, prepping on um, um, what's the, the Stormlight. Stormlight. She knows that coming down the pike, some of these smaller characters in parts one and two of the first book are going to come out and blow up into huge characters. And right now, we're very lucky to have a very deep bench bench of very talented um, actors. Yeah. Because you're right, these epics, you know, I mean, it's it's a fun game to play, you know, spot, you know, how many times somebody's in a book. But to have somebody who can come in, do the smaller parts, and then come in and knock it out of the park on one of the larger roles... You, you, we're really lucky to have that 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 in our wheelhouse right now. And the people who are working on the scripts and the people who are working on the on as directors, they they know that there's they they're that they're gonna have these universe building things to do, which is a pleasure. Oh, no, and sure. a curse. I know you guys are, you guys do your research. I just was like, hmm, because I didn't know it when I had read um, ah. Mistborn, and I heard I was I was talking to the Mistborn readers who are like, I like Brandon Sanderson, but I don't know if I look at these other books. So um, for, for the people that like a lot of things to be related to one another, that is, that's a huge universe right there. Well, in a similar vein, um, our friend Mr., uh, or my big friend, my, my favorite, Simon R. Green, every book Simon R. Green writes, whether it's Forest Kingdom or it's Ghostfinders or his other two series, Nightside and... Uh, and Secret Histories. All those books are tied in together. Even Deathstalker that we did as an early book, all of them tie into each other one way or another, either if it's through crossover characters hmm. or, or reuse of, uh, of timelines. Interesting. I, I did not know that. Well, I've read all of Simon's yeah. career work. I am reigning authority. I'm a fan. Yes. I, I, love, I love what you and Terrence have done with the earlier work, <laughs> but I've moved on. Yes. I've, I've, I've branched out. I love- 
I looked at Nightside um, a couple of years ago, and that was another one that I was hoping Graphic Audio would do. Do you guys think you're going to do any more Simon R. Green books, or is that a question I oh, should be Oh, it's always asking? a possibility. I'm not saying no. Yeah, it's always a possibility. There's also the Ishmael Jones I'm sorry, I'm bad out. about asking questions I shouldn't ask. You can ask those okay, questions. That's right. that's it's right. just we can't answer them. Yeah, 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 we want to answer anything <laughs> we can, so that's fine. Well, but it's about time, I think. Uh, I, I think yeah. I hear the Graphic Audio steam whistle go blowing in the background, so it's time for all of our <laughs> good workers to uh to pack up their uh their gear and head out the door very soon in spite of our best efforts to condense this shane you keep pushing us <laughs> over this hour mark I'm um, no I'm, I'm pushing to beat um your your revolving door that was an hour and yeah no, i forgot that, well, but that, that that was a typical graphic audio production in that it had a cast of thousands <laughs> But yeah, that that literally <laughs> went on for like a, like hours. Yeah, you the could, actual recording went on. Yeah. It was it was brutal. I, you I, couldn't I, shut Patrick up. Can we, buy, can, can we buy the revolving door um, <laughs> unedited? <laughs> <laughs> I would pay for that. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, but we're sorry if we jumped like down. Yeah, I, I, if we jumped down your throat right at the top there. Um, uh, but uh, all in good fun. Yeah, um, you scared me. I was like, maybe I'll <laughs> do a different special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so welcome anymore. Oh, not a, shame! Not at all. Shame! Not shame! All. Just stop stalking me. We just yeah. We just on his we, dominant manly voice and scaring me. <laughs> Bring MJ back. <laughs> You're not the first one to say that. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. No, I like you, though. I, I like you. You're just, uh, You're just I, I like you. You should see me in person. I'm terrifying. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Shane, you're a fine young man and a, and, a, and a great graphic audio fan. We couldn't ask for better. So uh, okay. I'm, glad, I'm glad we finally got it together. See you in, see in 365? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Um, and you can tell am us. I still welcome to apply for a job? That's, that's what I really want to know here. Well, yeah, uh, sure. I mean, uh, you know, when you get to legal age. Stay in school. Yeah. Stay in school. I mean, it sounds like you're on the right track. Uh, uh, and uh, you're certainly you're certainly a bright young lad. So, uh, so. Uh, and I'll have to oh, retire at some point. <laughs> Good, Richard. I try. <laughs> Good, sir. <laughs> well, thanks again, Shane. Um, and until we meet again. Verily goodbye. Yes. See you next year. All right. Take See care, you Shane. next year. You too. Thanks, guys. All in your mind. <laughs> <laughs>